0: Well, good morning, Mosaic Church family. Uh, It's good to be here with you all. Uh, I just want to, as we get started, uh, as I was singing, just really felt the Lord press a lyric on my heart. Uh, This lyric, cast all your burdens on Christ. And I don't know if this is for all of us or if this is for someone specifically, but there are burdens that you are not asked to carry and part of the gathering, part of gathering to worship is laying those burdens down. And so if you need prayer or help, or you just need to go in the back and sit, or you need to go call someone, I just would invite you into that, to cast and lay our burdens at the feet of Jesus, because he's strong, and he is going to carry them for us. Um, we're in a series this, uh, this month, uh, just looking at the foundations of Mosaic we're looking at the guiding statements that really drive everything we do at Mosaic Church. So why are we here? Uh, we looked at to see the gospel and its fruits cover every square inch of Richardson. We want to catalyze a gospel movement in the city of Richardson. Last week we looked at how are we to do the work of ministry? as a gospel-centered family of disciple-makers. We really believe that if we're going to do the work of ministry the way God wants us to do the work of ministry, it's going to be rooted in our identity as sons and daughters of God, as brothers and sisters in the family, and as students of Jesus inviting others to sit under his teachings. But you might be wondering, well, what are we actually called to do as the church? Well, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Mosaic Church exists to cultivate life in Christ, life together, and life on mission. And we're going to look at a passage in 2 Corinthians to dig in and really guide our our thoughts as we look at this mission. 2 Corinthians 5, uh, starting in verse 17. And so let's read this together. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Paul makes a couple things clear in this passage. One is that God is the initiator of redemption. We are redeemed and rescued from a life of sin because God took action through the work of Jesus. Jesus is the means by which we are reconciled to God. But the other thing that is going to help us Uh, really think through our mission is this last piece that Paul makes clear in this passage, is that God continues to act through those who have been reconciled. And he does that as the church functions as ambassadors for Christ in a ministry of reconciliation. And we feel like in the weeks before, we've really dug into what does it mean to have life in Christ and what does it mean to cultivate life in Christ. So this morning I really wanna focus on what does it look like to cultivate life together and life on mission. Paul communicates in this passage that we as the people of God are ambassadors for Christ and we're given a ministry of reconciliation. This means that in our living, in our loving, in our gathering and in our interacting with the city, We are doing that as ambassadors for Christ. And our modern understanding of ambassadors is really helpful when we think about what Paul is saying in this way. So if we were to think about an ambassador of the United States, is someone from our country going and living in a foreign country on behalf of the president and our country. They are representing us in a foreign land. And this is what Paul is trying to say about our role in our city is that we are people living in a world that is not our home. We are strangers. We are aliens here. This is, we shouldn't feel comfortable in this place because we are citizens of heaven. We are dwelling in the world as a representation of Christ and his kingdom. As ambassadors, we are representing the reign and rule of Jesus everywhere we go. So whether we go to lunch with a brother or sister at Haystack, whether we're engaging with someone at the Heights Park Rec Center, or we're going to a local park with people from our gospel community, we are going to represent the reign and rule of Jesus. And this changes the way we view our role in the world. It helps us remember that we have a ministry to represent the gospel and the work of Jesus one of the ways that we saw this expressed in gospel communities this last year was through front yard worship. There was a group in Berkner Park and when we couldn't be meeting as a large group, they decided to host worship services right on their front yard. It was great. Such a great idea. And they would gather on Sundays to sing and to read a story from Scripture, to pray. And I thought to myself, that's a great picture of what it means to represent the reign and rule of Jesus in our neighborhoods. It was a display of the kingdom of God. And as they were telling me stories about what was happening, they said people would come out and watch them. People would come join them. There were folks that would just uh, watch as this group gathered. They were representing the reign and rule of Jesus. But we're also called to a ministry of reconciliation, actively helping people be reconciled to God through Christ. And there's a commentator who talks about this ministry that I think helps bring some breadth and depth to the way we're understanding this ministry. He says the ministry of reconciliation, therefore, involves more than simply explaining to others what God has done in Christ, though that's important. It's more than that. It requires that one become an active reconciler oneself. Like Christ, a ministry of reconciliation plunges into the midst of human turmoil to bring harmony out of chaos, reconciliation out of estrangement, and love in the place of hate. And there's an inward ministry and an outward ministry life together and life on mission. The inward ministry, Paul's doing this in the passage. With the Corinthians, there's disunity, there is conflict, uh, there's division between Paul and the Corinthian church, and he's imploring them, be reconciled to God. And the argument is that if we are reconciled to God through Christ, then we need to be reconciled, you all need to be reconciled. And at Mosaic, what this looks like is taking active steps towards one another in love, in service. In blessing and encouragement and this is this these steps are gonna be they're not gonna be easy they're gonna be hard they're gonna uncover selfishness in us they're gonna be uncomfortable and we're gonna have to lean into discomfort on the good days and on the bad days it's weeping with those who weep it's rejoicing with those who rejoice Uh, One of the things we do in gospel communities is we encourage our gospel communities on a regular basis to gather for a family meal. And one of the things that I have just noticed and observed as I have led gospel communities in the past and am leading a group's ministry is just such the great opportunity of the table. The ministry opportunities at the table as people sit around and their guards go down. And we can take active steps towards one another as we pursue and just live life with one another. My wife and I, we led a group in Iowa and, um, that was trying to realize this vision for gospel communities on mission. And uh, there was this sound that I would hear on occasion uh, from our table, and it was this roar of laughter. And not the kind of laughter after you have a meal a couple times. It was like this deep, rich roar of laughter. And we were the only family with little kids, which is very different from our experience at Mosaic. But I was usually running around chasing my kids, and I would hear that sound, that eruptor of laughter, as an 85-year-old single woman and college student from the University of Iowa were at a table laughing about something probably really silly. And I thought to myself, that's life together. That's what we're trying to do, to cultivate a table fellowship where we can feel like family, where we know that we have each other's back. We're invested and committed to one another. And what happens is this life together actually becomes a witness in itself to the world. This is what Jesus says in John 13. As he's going to the cross, he looks to his disciples and he says, I have one last commandment to give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. And he goes on to say, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have a love for one another. The life together that we are trying to cultivate, filled with love, generosity, encouragement, is actually a witness to the world. There's a pastor in Austin who calls this the community apologetic. And I cannot think of a better time and place to be a city on a hill, a city within a city, a city of love, of fellowship, of deep, committed relationships. But there's also an outward ministry. Paul says God making his appeal through us. God is making his appeal to the world through us, his people, and through Mosaic Church in the city of Richardson. And this happens through a picture and a proclamation. I talk about mission with our gospel community leaders. I talk about this displaying of the gospel, but also a declaring of the gospel. Displaying service, blessing, generosity, declaring is voicing the gospel message with words that Christ has died for our sins and has made a way to a relationship with God. These can happen on their own, but they also can happen together. And when they do, it can be a powerful, powerful witness to the world. One of the things that every gospel community has at Mosaic Church is we encourage them to cultivate what's called a missional burden. And a missional burden is a specific area or population that they're focusing their life on mission, and a lot of our groups are focused on uh, their mission on their neighborhoods. I think about the Greenwood Hills gospel community, and some of you are here, but God has just blessed this group in a significant way, and they are one of our groups that we're seeing this life together is actually a testimony to their neighborhood. As they live life and love one another, encourage one another, they're a witnessing to the kingdom of God. But they also, within this group, have individual people that are thinking strategically about how they're going to be on mission to their neighborhood. So they have someone who's thinking through, how are we going to partner with the homeowners association? How can we partner with the neighborhood so that we can put ourselves in a place to declare the good news of Jesus? They have someone thinking about partnering with the elementary school. How can we be a blessing and be a display of the gospel in our elementary school so that we can declare the gospel when God gives us an opportunity? We also have groups that are focused more on a people group. And we have one group that's focused their mission on adults with disabilities. And they partner with the Warren Center. And it's been really, really encouraging because we've heard from this organization at a time in the past, someone said, we really, we couldn't be doing what we're doing without your group. And we, I, we thought, like, wow, that's fruit. When we have people who are not a part of our church looking at our, our people, our gospel community, and saying, we couldn't do what we're doing without you. You are serving an essential need to this population. And our hope is that it would garner questions as people are wondering, Why are you here? Why would you want to serve adults with discipline? You don't have anyone in your life that has a discipline. Why would you be here? And this provides an opportunity to declare, well, we're here because we were lost and God found us in Christ. We were hurting and hopeless, and Jesus pursued us and rescued us from a life of sin. And we're just trying to declare him and display him to our city. But there's a lot of opportunity in Richardson. I talk with people all the time, and I'm like, wow, that's a low-hanging fruit for a gospel community to be on mission to. I was just talking with someone the other day who's serving international students at UTD, and she was telling me about a friendship program. What would it look like for a group from Mosaic to gather and live life together and be on mission to the international students at UTD? We partner with Young Life. And they have a ministry, Young Lives, Teen Moms, in our high schools. What would it look like if we had a group of people who are committed to pursuing life together, who were all in on loving each other and learning what it looks like to be a family, and were on mission to this population of teen moms in our high schools? This is how we're going to see the vision realized. This is how we're going to see the gospel and its fruits cover every square inch of Richardson as we cultivate life in Christ, life together, and life on mission. And this is going to be hard. This is going to take time. It's going to uncover selfishness in our hearts. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to call and invite us to deny ourselves to love. But this is our calling. We have been invited to be ambassadors for Christ in the city of Richardson and give our lives to a ministry of reconciliation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this vision. We we feel it as we think about our lives and we think about the opportunity to be the people of God in our city. We're stirred. We want to declare your name to the nations. We want to be a part of a gospel movement. So God, would you help us? Would you empower our work? Because without you, there's no fruit. Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. We long to be a part of this movement. So help us, guide us, teach us what it means to be dependent on you to embrace discomfort, and to love one another as Jesus has loved us, and to boldly and aggressively proclaim the name of Christ to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to our city. We love you, and we trust you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name.